dumb fun. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Musical the movie the podcast. Musical the movie the podcast. Musical the movie the podcast with Andy and Steph. Stephanie, hello. Hello. How are you? I am. Uh, I'm. Buzzing. I see you. You know, I'm checking you out. Yeah. Um. I am just like I'm glittering. I am shining, and you know mm-hmm. why? Because it's fucking Eurovision season. <laughs> It's Eurovision season, Steph. Nobody can uh, deny that. You're uh, dressed for it on a podcast. Um, I just I had to do the dry run for my Eurovision <laughs> outfit for the day. Um, I just I pulled it came to get, came to me in a moment this morning. Shout out to friend of the show Jamie Schreiner because <laughs> when you dress for Eurovision, you look like Jamie on a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> She's, um, she is my inspiration. Yeah. Uh, Steph, it's 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 Eurovision season. Here we are. Uh, we're we're covering a, a little movie called Eurovision Song Contest: The Story of Fire Saga. A very easy title to remember. Uh huh. And definitely what I call it every time, and not the Eurovision <laughs> right. movie. No one calls it just the Eurovision <laughs> movie. They always say Eurovision Song Contest: The Story of Fire Saga. Uh, I did not even remember until we rewatched this this week that the name of the outfit, the band, is Fire Saga. Great name, though. Um, great, great Eurovision great contest name. They're just, they really understood from the get-go what the audience was looking for in this movie. They understood the assignment. So I got, I guess I'm going to start with a, a simple question for you, Steph, which is, in general, do you fucks with the Eurovision Song Contest? In a major way! <laughs> I, uh, I have, uh, fucked with Eurovision for approximately the last ten years, um... And I guess we'll talk more specifically about that in a minute because I have brought my personal uh, Eurovision expert on to be yeah. a guest here today. Um, but yeah, it is it is truly it's like a rite of it. It to me has become like the thing that takes us from spring into summer. Once Eurovision hits, it's party time. Oh wow! So it's your Groundhog Day. <laughs> if, if if Mitski sees sees their shadow. <laughs> then you get two more weeks uh-huh. of spring. Uh-huh. Exactly. Okay. Right. Um, do do you fucks with Eurovision? Well, I've also brought on my personal Eurovision expert because it's you. Uh because <laughs> you you are the person who got me into Eurovision. You know, we you and I started dating uh May of twenty nineteen, so too too late uh for for Eurovision twenty nineteen. Yeah, we were we were counting this is just a fun tidbit that could get erased, but we were counting that like the first time that we're texting I am texting you from my Eurovision watch party. Mm-hmm. Probably emboldened by uh, all the confidence that yeah. uh, Europe people have. Uh, the Eurasians uh, involved here. The, there's an Australian uh, sometimes involved. Yeah, uh, we do We do de- define Europe quite broadly when, oh, when yeah. we're talking Eurovision. Azerbaijan is always involved. I'm I'm not quite sure what continent that's in. If I'm being honest with you, um, but I but I uh, suffice to say that like we so it's too late for 2019, and then 2020 happens, and of course there's no Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, there is only um, a, a, a horrible disease ravaging this 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 earth. Um, you remember that great times, and <laughs> uh, and so we just watch all the music videos of sort of the. Uh, the the would be competitors and mm-hmm. that was enough for me that was enough to get me hooked stuff um, yeah yeah I've had I've pulled a couple tech. of those I've pulled a couple of those but um 
uh, I guess it's it's you know it's early yet, but I think we should just bring in our guests and, and, I, we and gotta, talk about right? your vision. Yeah. yeah. Um, why don't you start? I would be thrilled too. So our first guest, she's one of those people who like worked at the college radio station and like has better music taste than you do, or like if you're you know when you're sort of like oh I haven't haven't gotten into any new music in a while, like who do I hit up? The answer is. MBA Caitlin Butler. Welcome, buddy. <laughs> Hi, Caitlin. Thank you for sharing my full qualifications, including the MBA, which I think is the most important thing about, you know, my relationship to Eurovision is the fact that this is degree. <laughs> yeah. Coming to that. us out of uh, uh, Austin, Texas today. Absolutely. Yeah. Where right. it is it's allergy beautiful. season, so apologies for any sniffles on the recording. Same. Oh. It's allergy season all year round in my house. Um, <laughs> but so, all right. So it's just so fun. I mean, how does how does... We'll get into it, but I, I can't wait to hear how a, how a Texan comes to get into Eurovision. Um, <laughs> and uh, but let me introduce our other guest in the meantime. Uh, you uh, may know her as my co-host on Fanny Falls Demon Hunter, or as one of this nation's great young comedians, comedy writers, playwrights, actresses. I mean, she does it all. She's one of the most talented people on the planet. It's my friend Stephanie Weber. What's up? What what's up? up? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of when you you know when I introduce you with this great distinction. And then you you enter with "What's up? What's up?" It kind of makes me look like an asshole. What's up? <laughs> I just think it means that she really has her finger on the pulse of mm-hmm. fifteen years ago. I do. Which, I'll never, frankly, I'll never take it off. That's the right vibe to bring to Eurovision. Can I tell you? <laughs> well, someone here told me recently. Uh, a twenty-one-year-old told me, or maybe she's twenty. She said that she loved my outfit. I was bringing vintage twenty twelve vibes, and <laughs> I was mortified because I was definitely uh, about her age in twenty twelve. And all that means is that uh, my style was cemented, and it never ever evolved. I mean, I, I do think that's a perfect theme to sort of get us into talking about Eurovision because I do oh, think yeah. often the theme of the music in Eurovision is what was popular in America ten years ago. And I <laughs> love it. I live for it. I'm screaming for it. I'm also a later, um, uh, what's the word, like convert to Eurovision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's definitely my, a religion. Yeah, my boyfriend and I have since um, forced many people to to indulge and watch the finale and everything. And this year I'm fully planning on throwing a watch party, whether anyone wants to go or not. <laughs> and I, do, do I, I don't have a couch. So everyone has to sit in chairs <laughs> around the TV. I think that that just means it lends itself to the dance party. Exactly. Because it's the kind of thing that you're going to be up on your feet. You're going to be up I on mean, your feet. I mean, a lot of these things have, have very specific choreo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they'll tell you sometimes. And you know what? Azerbaijan, like two years ago. Oh, so good. That song was great. Oh, yeah. I have that yeah. pulled. Don't worry, but we're, we're okay. going to get into that. I guess let's start by if someone has no idea what we're talking about. Uh, it is basically a contest. Yeah. Uh, that happens in Europe. It's sort of generally Europe. But what do they call it? The European Broadcasting Union sort mm-hmm. of includes a bunch of European countries, but then they've come to expand it year after year and and introduce more people. Um, I mean, Australia part- just joined because they really like Eurovision. They're yeah. like, hi, <laughs> can we please can- play? Canada has been involved sometimes. Yeah, I mean, those Celine are both Dion members of the of the. Uh, well, Celine Dion did not represent Canada. Importantly, yeah. they imported her. To no, San Marino, oh. right? To Switzerland. San Marino did that re- with Flowrider too. 
yeah, that's right. I forgot Flo Rider was in it. Abba yeah. has been in it. Julio Iglesias, yeah. Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, uh, classic. Yeah. And then the winner is picked by a combination of audience vote and the official votes of the juries of the participating countries. So that often means that political alliances honestly will come into play or Uh, um, ethnic kinship between two countries or like if there's a lot of diaspora from one country and another country, you may see that come into play, which also just plays into just like sensibilities. Um, So it's a very interesting thing. Uh, The the best song almost never wins because of Mm -hmm. those reasons. Um, No. But, well, and so to find started... best also. Like, best. there's really interesting levels of, like, good in Eurovision. Uh, and what I usually consider to be, like, an absolute banger, the juries yeah. usually hate. Yeah. Yes. Oh, interesting. There, there are, there's, there's great pop songs, and then there's, like, also a fair amount of kitsch, I would say. Mm, a lot of kitsch. A lot um, of kitsch. It started in 1956, and I guess I want to play our first sort of excerpt from a song here, which is... Uh, one of Caitlin's from 1965. I arranged these song clips in chronological order. So we're going to start with this 1965 uh, song, which is called Poupée de Cire, Poupée de Son by, uh, do you know, do you remember who, Caitlin? Franz Gall. Franz, Classic Franz Gall. Franz Classic Gaul. Yeah, yeah singer. Come on, Andy. You got to okay. know. Oh. Household name. Household name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, here it is. Nothing wrong with that one. I mean, yeah, that's wrong with great. That, one that's that means great. wax doll. I learned it was also written by Serge Gainsbourg, and <gasps> importantly, Franz Gall was seventeen when she was singing this in Eurovision. Wow. If you look up the video, she's just like this bright, shining little teenager with a blonde bob, looks so happy, and is singing a song that actually has some like pretty suggestive lyrics and was uh-huh. very unhappy with this when she learned about it later well they're pretty oh, loosey-goosey no. with the it was a different time. in europe it was a different time yeah. Different time. yeah but this was the, the first 60s. eurovision song i ever heard outside of you know abba which everybody knows mm-hmm. um sure. but i discovered this on the wayback machine when i was in high school Ooh. uh and I was just like, what the fuck is Eurovision? I must know more. So this was really to. my first introduction to Eurovision at all. What is the Wayback Machine? Is that kind of like stumble upon? It's like the Internet Archive. So they okay. used to have all of these like 1950s PSAs or like, you know, explaining to girls what their periods were in the 40s, like okay. all sorts of stuff like that. And then like also a huge Grateful Dead archive and then <laughs> shit like this. And so is that how you come to, like, I need to find out what Eurovision is from there? Absolutely. Um, I didn't really get deep into it for a while because it was harder before YouTube existed. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, uh, I feel like (sighs) this was my entree. And then after that, it was just history. That's really an interesting point, too, is that, like, for a really long time, it was hard to watch from America. Yes. Um, And you had to, like... Get onto one of those, like, you know, sites where you can stream, like, sports or whatever. Like, yeah. they would, like, pop up for one day for Eurovision. But oh, yeah. the world is catching now on, and now I think you can just watch it on Peacock. Yeah, it's to on clarify, Peacock. Yeah. You meant hard to watch, uh, like, like technically. Not hard to watch, like, Law & Order SVU. Mm. Yeah, not like... Okay. Um, Precious, based on the novel. Tush, based on yeah. the novel aspect. <laughs> So, so yeah, so, but now it's all on Peacock's hosted by, uh, at least last year it was hosted by Johnny Weir. 
And it yes. really seemed to be Johnny Weir and three guys in a basement. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't like it. I'm going to say. I, I, mean, I, I, I did like it. It just needs a budget. Well, it, it needs... also just needs Tara Lipinski. Like, he needs, yeah, like, Yeah, they are good in else. duo. Yeah. <laughs> I just yes. don't know why him, I guess, maybe because of costuming. Um, sure. I just, I would rather, I'd rather it be someone else. Like, I like to look up Graham Norton afterwards. I think it's also about queerness, right? Mm, like, right. Eurovision is yeah. very queer. And so Johnny mm-hmm. Weir, I think, was really, like, in tune with that all of it. I also think he's just a fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the same yeah. way that, like, that's how Will Ferrell decided to make a Eurovision movie. It's just because right. he's a fan. So <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure he just raised his hand and was like, me, please. Uh-huh. Um, Stephanie mentioned Graham Norton, who we, like, get to see in that role yeah. in this movie. And I think that he has, like, the right oh amount of, like, certainly Johnny Weir has enough sass, but he's not mean. And I feel like Graham Norton is mean. And Oh, he's a little do- bitch. Yeah, you need that a little bit. Because, I think you like, do, because it's silly sometimes. Yes, and you have to, like, you don't have, yeah, you have to, like, meet that level of extreme. Seems oh, yeah. like we should just get Graham Norton's feed, you know? That's what, I mean? what I'm saying. If, if like, my Facebook video feed is any indication, he's the most famous person in America, because that's all <laughs> they want to fucking show me, is three celebrities on Graham Norton, and you won't believe what John Travolta said to Michael Keaton on Graham Norton. <laughs> I never will. I never will. But uh, I never will believe it. Uh, Caitlin, I pulled another one that you sent that I had never heard of. This is from 1977. Uh, the outfit's oh, called yes. Silver Convention, and the song is called so Telegram. Here's a little treat. It is a, a bop. For the listener, that is a telegram machine that I believe is being played live on stage. It is. Yeah. It is. This is back when they could actually play instruments or telegram machines live, which they no wow. longer do. Oh, they can't play instruments uh, live anymore? They don't play them no. live. I didn't know that. No, it's all backing tracks, unfortunately. Which is really funny to think, of, like, Maniskin was, like, like, the like just, like, air guitar Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, like, rocking out. I do want to talk about them, too, because that's a band that a lot of people... So their song, Begging, has been on the radio, like, nonstop for the past, like, two or three years. Uh, and they yeah. won in 2021, and there was this whole controversy where they were accused of doing cocaine at the finals because the guy was like the guy was like down like this and it picked up his head you know and uh and they were like we would never we would they're italians they're like we would never do cocaine uh yeah yeah. cocaine (laughs) you think i'm doing cocaine cocaine. um classic classic italian that's classic phrases for the listener i am italian i'm allowed to do that um, I'm not, and I'm allowed. I know, to but as well. but I'm gonna do a Cuban accent <laughs> later to balance it out. Yeah, yeah, everything <laughs> happens for a reason. It's Newton's law or whatever. Uh, this is one that Caitlin was on your list, but I had actually already pulled it for my personal list. It's from 1979, uh, and it is called Genghis Khan by the outfit Genghis Khan. Oh yes, uh, here's a little taste. So good. I pulled the, well. Something I found out that was interesting about so that good. band is they were put together for Eurovision. 
and there's like five of them. Very common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, but there's like five of them, and basically almost all of them has since tried to reform the band without the other members <gasps> and like tour as Genghis Khan. Uh, but that song is about the uh, the great Mongol warrior <laughs> Genghis Khan, uh, and it is some Germans uh, singing about Genghis Khan. West West Germans, West importantly. Germans. Okay, thank you. West oh. Germans. Yes. Oh yeah, because it's during that time. Yeah. yeah. West Germany had just, like, a string of bangers in the late 70s, too. Like, that Silver Convention song is fantastic. Mm -hmm. This one is fantastic. Like, the choreo on both of these is just impeccable, too. Yeah. Mm. Like, this just looks like a bunch of dudes who are, like, I don't know, Flash Gordon. (laughs) But, like, (laughs) retro-futurist costuming, lots Mm -hmm. of jumpsuits. It's, It's just such a good look and, like, no notes for me. It's all perfection. So after I did this song, I I swore that Rasputin was a Eurovision song. Everyone thinks that. It is not. It's not. I looked it up. It's not. uh, But it's like, it's right in there. I mean, it's also a song about a ruler. It's a spiritual cousin. Yeah. And I did read that this song was sort of made to sound like that song. Uh, Or at least sort of to sound like Boney M who did Rasputin. Uh, which is another, it's not a Eurovision song, but a song I can't recommend enough. Yeah. Well, if you can't get the to. real artist, Eurovision loves a knockoff. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you don't yeah. need the real person. Just, like, get a group together and kind of ape it a little, and you're, you'll you be fine. Yeah. Um, we're going to jump all the way to 2007 uh, for one of Steph Smith's picks, which is, uh, I think, sort of a classic. But this is Verka Seduchka with Dancing Lasha Tumbai. Don't know, but let's try it. Yeah. Ooh. That's right. Yeah. That's uh I feel like at this point too, I want like we haven't even really talked about the visual component that's a good point. Yeah. of any of these songs. Because, Important. like, all I mean, first of all, clearly they're just a lot of bops. A lot of bops that exist. Many of these songs, like, have made their way onto, like, like just regular playlists <laughs> that I listen to constantly. But there is a visual component, and it is wild. Mm. For almost all these. Even the songs that are one category of Eurovision song that I side note I do want to kind of talk about like how Eurovision the movie has tried to capture like the different categories of Eurovision mm-hmm. song because I think it does a good job of making sure that like each of them is represented in some way um and they're like even the versions of it that are just like uh one singer standing alone on stage like belting out a ballad even that will have some sort of element where like all of a sudden she's up in the air or like turns out that she was a disco ball this whole time Mm -hmm. and now like the whole room is glittering um and i think that fjorker saduchka is a really wonderful example of the melding of those it's very visual like yes and it's very like literally tin hats (laughs) tinfoil i was gonna say i read somewhere years ago and i found no independent confirmation of this that the costumes were either done by dolce and gabbana or mark jacobs what do you mean what i don't think it's true (laughs) maybe like some acts no 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 specifically just for that okay yeah 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 Hmm. i mean they are great possible they are mod they are impeccably done so for the, like, the listeners at home, it is a, a man, but drag queen, Verka Sardushka, yes. in 
uh, a full glitter, like almost militaristic blazer, but disco ball with a shiny star on his head mm. and like a tie made of mirror tiles. And his backup dancers are again in like militaristic costuming, but in gold. Yeah. It is it is wonderful. It's very camp. He's a he's a comedian, yeah. a Ukrainian comedian who has a drag persona, basically. Uh and brought that drag persona all the way to Eurovision. But uh also that we're we're not I'm not gonna play the song, but um speaking of how, you know, political things will often come into play, last year the Ukraine won. And uh yeah. it was We we just say Ukraine. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um <laughs> And uh, so anyway, the Ukraine won, and it was... Um, wow, doubles down. <laughs> but so uh, uh, it was, you know, it was not the best song necessarily, but it was sort of... But it was it was named Stephanie. Was so it? let's be real. The song was called Stephanie? Yeah. Well, that's a, it was called Stephania, yeah. All right, well, that's a, which that's is Stephanie. Stephanie in Ukrainian. 50% audience yeah. for this podcast, though. So kind of, kind of important. Well, yeah. so uh, Verka Serduchka, also Ukrainian, importantly, yeah. and even though this song seems like it's just camp, also supposedly has a political message to it. Um, mm. So Eurovision is not supposed to be political. Ukraine has gotten their hands slapped a few times for this. But the, oh. the song title, uh, Lasha Tumbai, kind of sounds like Russia Goodbye. Hmm. And so the hot goss hmm. was that it was just a whole, like, F you Russia song. Interesting. Great. And Yikes. all of Europe was like, yes, I'm in, you win. We could Yikes. have used that last year. All right, well, let's jump to 2018. This is, uh, I know, one of Steph's favorites, and it's become one of my favorites, and this is called Lie to Me by Mikolas <sighs> Joseph. And this this whole song's a pop. I recommend this song, but I just pulled a little excerpt. Come and lie to me, lie to me, oh baby, come a little closer. Lie to me, lie to me, oh baby, lean upon my shoulder. Lie to me, See, there's no camp to how I enjoy that song. <laughs> that song just rules. It's, yeah, it's just true. Yeah. It also came in sixth. It was robbed. Yeah. I'm still mad about this. I'm still later. mad about it. Yes. Who won correct. that year? 18. Oh God, that was 20. Yeah. 18. It was. Oh, is that Netta? The. It's like yes, around that was Netta. Netta the Israeli which, girl like, who's in which this Which is movie. good. Oh, she, yeah, yes, she does. Yes, she, yes. Um, she's in the, the she's song. She's in the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just like not a huge Netta fan, at least of that performance and staging. Little racist, like <laughs> little right, like little we're putting not... on a costume of another mm-hmm, ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Not okay with me personally. Versus the Nicholas Joseph, just like hey, like, he wrote a bop around. And he did a great dance. Yeah. Where was he from? Do we uh, Czech it? Republic? Czech. Czech Republic. Okay. Wow. Mm. Um. Yeah. And the, we listened to some yeah, of that Netta song. I, I get to kind of like the song. I didn't pick up on the costuming, at least I was, but I wasn't watching that closely. Um, so I get to skate off scot free, and um, <laughs> we're uh, going. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this is. The, I'm going to jump to the 2020 song. So this is from Azerbaijan, and this is uh. Uh, Effendi. And again, this is the year where the co- the contest did not happen. I think this would have stood a chance if it had happened. I but, think so. Um, this it's song, so good. This is a little excerpt from a song called Cleopatra by Effendi. So loud and clear And it sounds like this 
that's a Fendi. Uh, so, that, so good. That, that song was so good. And then she was in this contest <laughs> the next year. And it was almost exactly the same song, but instead of about Cleopatra, it was called Matahari. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, pretty much the same, the same thing. And yeah, I remember same like, song. redo. We were, we were like all watching this on Zoom, me and Steph and Caitlin, some of our friends. And, uh, and I remember someone being like, is she just like, a fourth grade history teacher who's like trying yeah. to make songs to like teach kids about She's historical like, women and history. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Just whatever she Mary can do. Todd Lincoln. Um, but that song is absolutely, that song rules. Um, this was one of yours, Stephanie Weber. Uh, and I don't know. I couldn't remember the names of anything. So I realized that when I texted you, it was this morning when I just woken up. That's okay. This one's from the went, Ukraine from 2020. Sorry, this one's from yeah. Ukraine. You just say Ukraine. From 2021. Uh, and I don't know if, is the outfit called Goa or is the song called Goa? Yeah. I think that the band is called Goa. And the, the song band is, is Goa. The song is Shoom. Okay, yep. yeah. Yeah. And this was. Looking. I think this should have won, honestly. Like, fuck man. Sorry. Flute! Anytime that flute comes out. Das flute. <laughs> it's it is an industrial goth flute like w- this is it's amazing no it and it's just yeah. dude with flute i love it it's also it's so like good. a particular type of like ukrainian like that style of singing i forget what it's called but it is like incredibly ukrainian um mm. and controversial because some people said that it was just a rearrangement of a traditional ukrainian folk song interesting uh, oh yeah I've listened to both versions. I think that this one is an absolute banger. I agree that it was in my top three that year for sure. So good. And it's like, also she, the lead singer from that band has such a presence. I remember just being like, she Mm -hmm. never smiled every time the camera was on her. Like she just felt like a true woods witch. And she looks just, like Rooney Mara. She's yeah, incredibly yeah. stunning and just like, she's yeah, striking. does not break a smile. It's not such a bit. good staging. Powerful. Yeah. Um, Power. the, so I have another one that's from 2021. And this is by, this is Iceland. So this is, we're getting closer to talking about the movie. Oh, the classic. Um, <laughs> and uh, this is by the artist. Um, Daddy Frey. Differ? Uh, what, that was, oh. This is a YouTube how to pronounce it that I just looked up. And it is. Daddy Frey. Daddy Freyr. Daddy Freyr. Uh, and so this guy, he uh, was in the 2020 contest, which of course got canceled due to COVID. And then for the 2021 contest rolls around, he's in it with a different song and he gets COVID and he is not able to attend. But both of those songs, uh, the, the one from the year before this is called uh, Think About Things, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the one from 2021 that I'm going to play a little bit of right now is called 10 Years. And again, Choreography is on point. He looks like such a doofus. It's so fun. Here it is. That's like, I've like watched YouTube mm. videos to learn the choreography from that. <laughs> and it's him. It's He does the video. He's like, so then you do this and then you do this. And because of that, like my YouTube feed is like half him. 
you know, like whenever, like whenever I just open YouTube, it's like, hey, here I am doing a cover of a of Never Gonna Give You Up, you know, and it's like, oh, this rules actually. So good. Yeah. I just find him so charming too, because like mm-hmm. his first song that was supposed to be in Eurovision, and I thought. For the record, 2020 was going to be Iceland's year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, again, would have been an incredible wow, tie into the movie. Yeah. Like, they were, like, poised to win. Uh, and then it was canceled. But his first Eurovision song was about how he was so excited for his wife to have their mm-hmm. baby so that they could, like, find out what their baby thinks about mm-hmm. things in the world. Mm-hmm. Which is just Aww. so charming and kind. And then his next song is about how much he loves his wife 10 years in. Yeah, it's That's like, so yeah. cool. It's 10 years he's in and I He's just a really posy guy. He's a, he's a wife guy. He's yeah, just a he's wife guy. guy. He's a wife guy. He, yeah. he loves his icy wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so good. I mean, I actually think Iceland, like, kind of consistently has interesting choices. Yes, agree. I was disappointed yeah, so when it, when it wasn't it. him last year. I feel like he he deserves his chance to be actually be there. I the liked the the weird sister witches though that performed their hex on all of us. <laughs> I really liked that last year. Uh, so speaking of last year, let's listen to. We have two more, and they're both from 2022. Uh, Stephanie, you requested this one, and it's from Romania. I realize now what it's called. Yeah, it's the Romanian song that was in Spanish for some. Yeah, reason. I can't I can't stress enough. This My one is favorite. from Romania, uh, and it's called yes. Yamame by W. Like, were they trying to get the Spanish countries to vote for them? And like, Spain, like, what had a and an amazing song last year. Uh-huh. And then this guy's like, what if I confuse you? <laughs> yeah. What if I confuse you? They're trying to get the coveted Spanish vote, I understand. <laughs> well, so it's just interesting because like Spain never does well. Like Spain never, ever does well. They're one of the big five countries, but they kind of treat it as a joke. Like they Look, do I, not I love care. Spain. I love Spain. And, and that is an inherently Spanish thing to do, to just like <laughs> slide in there. You're, you're allowed in, never take it seriously, never do it well. And yet you're well, Welcome back. But like last year was the first year that Spain tried in a very long time. And like the first year that they try, someone else is like, nah, I got this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, We would have a better Spanish song. Yeah. Um, No, I mean, Chanel, again, top five for me last year too. Like I loved that one. Yeah. I mean, Yamame Bebebe is also just like, what a lie. Like, did you know that Bebe is just two syllables, not three? Yamame Bebebe. Oh, no, it's Bebebe. No, it's Bebebe. I mean, yeah, we were saying that in our household forever. And like that performance was exquisitely gay as well. Like uh-huh. I just he had just like the and it reminded me a lot of the movie, that character in the movie, because he had that like tight, mm-hmm. tight uh little bodysuit and he's dancing around and like, yes, go, go Romania. <laughs> the ugly duckling of the romance languages. <laughs> go girl. Steal, steal Spanish thunder. I have one more song, and it's also from last year. Last year was the first year, you know, after two years of COVID that I got to watch it, like, with people. And I'll never forget when this song started, because I was like, oh, this is what Eurovision is about to me, and this is what I'm here for, personally. Mm. Um, nothing gay about this song. Like, this one's called Give That Wolf a Banana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Caitlin, I feel like you're doing the choreo. 
maybe just a little bit. I did. I've had in my brain, like, I want to be Eurovision for Halloween for many years. I can never find the people to do the group costume. This would Mm -hmm. be such a good group costume. Head to toe, (laughs) yellow bodysuit, like incredible uh, just the look the feel they're wearing these masks uh-huh. too that are like angular wolfy but oh, also yeah. kind of banana like they like evoke the idea of a banana yeah. well, and they like took the shtick like they never took their masks off for a long yes. time on the uh eurovision subreddit people were like sleuthing trying to figure out who they were yes. based on like who was parked at the recording studio the day that mm-hmm. the song was recorded people thought that it was the what does the fox say people that's yes. what I heard. Yes. Yeah. That is not true. That that's true. It's not oh. true. No. They have been unmasked at this point. And no, it is not Elvis. Uh, Nick Cannon made him Ooh. take it off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there are, beside the scenes videos, too, were so wonderful because it was just a lot of other people covering Give That Wolf a Banana while they're mm. wearing their wolfy costumes. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, 10 out of 10. No notes. Uh, I'll never forget mm-hmm. our friend Becky walking in and just, like this song was on when she walked in and she just went right into the dance like she already knew the dance <laughs> she like came prepared <laughs> for the dance um, so yeah those are, those are that sort of gives you a taste of what your vision is like but again uh, the visual aspect all these songs are great like uh, we just recommend so first of all I'm going to include in our show notes that Caitlin has a, a YouTube playlist of a lot of these songs and I'm going oh, to have that there and it's um, I'm going to say though I think that we're neglecting um, a certain type of Eurovision performer and it is the sad man ballad yeah Ooh, um, uh-huh. and it is often saying um I mean it's saying by countries all over but I find that a lot of like eastern European countries seem to really love to push the sad man ballad you know yeah, if it's so. not hot pop girl then we'll have like I feel like it was like Georgia two years ago had this like the saddest man I've ever seen <laughs> wail on this song that I was like, why did they send this guy? There was no one else. <laughs> I want to say it was a single other person. England or Australia had a really good sad man last year that I that I really liked, but no one else seemed to. Well, England England had that space man thing. Yeah, I think, last yeah. Year. yeah, that's what it was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like I wasn't that. as into it, but I think like Switzerland the year before had a sad man ballad the that I man. I really love. I ignore I really the ballads. Loved. I hate them. I hate a ballad in Eurovision. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like whenever there's too many ballads in a row, I get really concerned that like the life force of my Eurovision party is just leaving the room. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Like you have to really space it out. Oh, yeah. Poland. <laughs> Poland last year had a song called The River. And that guy, it was not only was it sad man ballad, but it was like on the screen was supposed to be tears. But they looked in my Eurovision watch party with all gay men like cum. <laughs> Y'all decided. We were all like, I think he's singing about cum. And there's like cum on the screen now. The <laughs> whole river like, of oh, it. Their penis tears. The river. The river of penis tears. And so is. I just wanted to give a shout out to the sad man ballad. Shout out to the sad man. They're not recognized enough Amen. in this country. Oh, they're so sad in Europe. And in, in that in those countries, I should say. Not this country. Yes. In this country, the sad man rules the world. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But in those countries, they need some help. Uh but yeah. And it, it's it is weird when there's too many of them in a row because I did read that like it's not a random draw. Like the 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 running oh. order is put together by producers, you know what I mean? So I that don't understand. True. Whenever I like saw that last year, there were a couple of snoozers in a row, and I'm like There were last year. This was yeah. in your Maybe hands. they were just giving us a bathroom break, uh, you know? Maybe so. Like, mm-hmm. 
doing us a solid. They're like, everyone's attention's gonna wane. We'll give them a little time. We'll get them back with that banana. They can use the bathroom and the bidet, because I think everyone uses a bidet. Um, all right. Uh, that's the extent of my Europe jokes. Um, and the extent of our, our Eurovision song clips. I, I think we can go into talking about the movie a little bit. The film. The film. The, the film. Great American film. Uh, well, the homage. I don't know if you'd call it American, actually. Um, that's like I bet it's like one of those. I think it's an American co-production. I think it's like yeah, like made by a lot of Americans. But like, you know it's how made like by Will Ferrell. You know, American. well, you know how you'll look Will up, Ferrell. you'll look up like uh, Fast and the Furious, and it'll say Fast and the Furious is an American Chinese film. And you're like, what? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's because of the production companies yeah, behind but them. This is Sorry, I'm in film American. school. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, this is a lot of co-productions. No, purely an American song. Mm. And this is so Will Ferrell is introduced, as you mentioned earlier, Caitlin, I believe, to the Eurovision Song Contest in 1999 by his Swedish wife. Uh, Vivica Pollen, and that's a year where Sweden happens to win. And I did actually have one more song because I did pull the the year, uh, the song that Sweden won with in 1999. Here it is, Charlotte Nilsson, uh, and the song is called "Take Me to Your Heaven." Here it is. I love it so much because it sounds it's 1999 winner and it sounds like a Shania Twain Christmas song from 1994. <laughs> it sounds like a sounds like a so mega old. church yeah. song like when they want to not do boring hymns and they want to yeah. get like the whole band up there. Um but so that whatever that is the year that that gets Will Ferrell into the Eurovision Song Contest. So in 2018 okay. he's like at the finals, he's sort of looking around preparing and then it's he's there in May and then in June it's announced that he's going to star, co-write, and produce a film uh, for the Euro- about the Eurovision Song Contest for Netflix. Uh, he and Rachel McAdams, they're cheering with vocal coaches, and McAdams studies videos of Bjork for her uh, accent. Bjork. Uh, I almost wore my Bjork shirt. Oh my god. <laughs> so close. Oh my god. In support of Iceland. Love her. Um, there's yeah. the So You Think You Can Dance choreographer's Nappy Tabs did the choreo for the movie. I just wanted to say Nappy Tabs, if I'm being honest with you. Um, and production costs, they, they film in Iceland and it's 3.6 million, but the Icelandic Ooh. government pays almost a million dollars of that as part of the country's movie production incentives. Isn't that oh wild stuff? You're in film school. What do you think about that? I think that's honestly a blessing. Yeah. That's a blessing. And that's what I've heard in general, like try to film stuff in countries that are like, please give us culture. Yeah. Uh, well, you know? That's mean... why I'm trying to write an Irish language script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how yeah, Peach. You're you're script you're working on a uh, uh a script for Banshees of Inisherin and 2. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is. It's Banshees Jenny's of Inisherin 2. Too yeah, too fast, too furious. <laughs> <laughs> and it's um it's in fully Gaelic, Irish Gaelic. And I There's mean, no English. Yeah, Brendan Gleeson is fully furious in this mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Does oh, he cut pissed. off his toes instead of his face? Like what's the I don't want to spoil it. Cut yes. time? Cuts off his head. <laughs> Yeah, and then he kind of comes furious. back, he off his comes head. back as like a he, goblin. He feeds it yeah. to uh, uh, Colin Farrell's elephant. Mm-hmm. No, because now he has a new pet. Yeah, he has a yeah. new pet, and it's got to yeah. be bigger because he's got to choke on the head. Because um, it's a sequel. Yeah, it's a sequel. Bigger. Everything's bigger. got to be bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think I'm doing well at this. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I'm learning a Film lot. Film school is treating you great. Yeah. I'm writing a lot of really good material. Well, Atlanta does that in a big way, right? Like, you always see Georgia, like, everything films in Georgia now because I feel like Georgia so many things gives there, a lot yeah. of tax breaks to, to things to encourage them to film. And I think it's paid exactly. off for them. I mean, Atlanta has, like, become a, 
hub. Who cares? Okay. It's a huge hub, yeah. Um, so this movie is originally scheduled for a May 2020 release on Netflix to coincide with the Eurovision Song Contest in 2020. But of course, COVID happened. So the 2022 Eurovision, sorry, the 2020 Eurovision Contest is canceled. And the film is released a month later on Netflix on June 26th. And like, do we all remember like how this was just one of those mm. things like like Wonder Woman 1984 or like one of those things that dropped during pandemic that we were like, okay, we're all home. I guess we're all going to watch this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. We all watched it, which was like, I mean, there's part of me that's nostalgic for that mentality of culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's how like, like when in like 2005, like everyone came into school and they were like, everyone watched Jurassic Park last night because that's what TNT was showing. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like yeah. the pandemic let us all experience certain moments of culture together right and one of them was eurovision eurovision tiger king space jam a new legacy etc mm, mortal Kombat, even <laughs> mortal Kombat. i mean we watched the hell out of that on hbo max i did i watched it it's um, amazing it's pretty good but yeah and then and, and also like part of this movie that we haven't maybe talked about but we should go ahead and mention now is that it's 123 minutes long it's too long it's too long it is, it too is. Long. i love this it movie and it long. is too long it's too long it needs yeah. about 30 minutes cut yeah. out of it and yet, because we were all trapped on our couches, we, like, I think we just put up with it at the time. <laughs> yeah. There were no complaints <laughs> at the time. None. Um, so- well, and it does capture so many things about Eurovision so lovingly. Yeah. Like, it really yes. did feel like it a really, really great present to a Eurovision fan. Or I had a lot of people in my life who had never really watched Eurovision, yeah. but they knew that I was a Eurovision fan. So they sent it to me. They're like, have you watched this movie yet? It's so funny. Is this what Eurovision's <laughs> actually <laughs> like? And I was able to be like, yes, this is 1,000% what Eurovision is like, oh except God, Demi yeah. Lovato doesn't die. <laughs> The song Husavik is nominated for an Oscar for Best Original Song at the Oscars that year, and it's beaten by... I'll give all the money in my pocket to anyone who can tell me what beat it. What year was it's this? A high profile, it's a high-profile category, Best Song. It's 2021. It had to have been something from Encanto? You even told me this earlier. You, you think it was Encanto? Was it Encanto from was Call Me By year. Your Name? It was not from Call Me By Your Name. That's, uh, that's like no. 2018. That's a little earlier. Encanto is 2021, so that's the 2022 Oscars with that terrible Bruno performance. That's what I'm wondering. Um, I'm guessing it's got to be an Encanto song. And also, famously, famously, Lin Manuel does not have an Oscar. So, oh, I just googled it. I this, yeah, no, yeah, I didn't see the song movie. is from Judas and the Black Messiah, and it's called "Fight for You" by her. Oh, I saw that movie. Yeah, yeah I liked. That I saw movie. that movie too. Yeah, it was good. I do not no one remember that song. song. Don't remember that song. Yeah. But also, no one remembers no. any of the songs that were nominated that year. It was a, it was a low low profile no. year for best song. Sure. But also, I mean, Yaya Ding Dong should have been nominated. <laughs> should have been nominated. I mean, that give an Oscar been. to Yaya Ding Dong. So we should talk about too how the guy, the only one, Yaya yeah, Ding, the Yaya Ding Dong guy, the guy who really wants them to play Yaya Ding Dong, yes. was the jury representative for Iceland at the 2021 Eurovision contest and kept attempting to give all 12 points for Iceland to Yaya Ding Dong. So fun. And you could tell so that they were like pressed for time, and that whoever was the host was just like, okay, okay, that's very funny, but, <laughs> but what's the real thing? And he was, and he kept. I mean, it, it went on for maybe three to five minutes, it feels like, that he just kept insisting, yeah, yeah, ding dong, get all the points. Um, but it <laughs> yeah. was just a... Do's a point. Yeah, or do's a point, as they say in your vision. Um, but that sort do's of is all the information that I have about the uh, the production of this movie. About the film? Yeah. About I have the film a question the yeah. for you all, and oh, it really yeah. has to do with the title of this podcast. Is this a musical? Okay, it's a great question. Yo, let's mm, get into it. That's a really good question. Kind of in general, I struggle with like 
concert films being considered musicals. Sure. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if somebody is not singing along to like narrate the plot a little bit, for me, exactly. it might not be a musical. There's not this a is lot a of... film with music in it. There's not a lot of songs where people sing about their feelings. Um, like Double Trouble is just a pop song that they've written together. But then the end song, Husevik, uh, is very much like a, she's singing about her feelings. But For me, the musical definition, because I really, I do appreciate the classical, like, the singing of the music has to, like, be the thing that is driving mm-hmm. the plot. I do love that as sort of like a a purist thing and I love that kind of musical but I also think like this movie doesn't exist without the music in it like that's it's a not, fair point yeah like it's so uh it, the music is and the performances are so entwined to and it does move the plot along because the plot is the, the yes, music context exactly so. And, like, the the move of having um, diegetic music, like, music mm. that is within the world, within kayfabe happening, um, I, I always feel like it's a way to, like, help people who get embarrassed when they watch musicals happen, <laughs> like, for some reason. That mm-hmm. totally is a type of person, right, yeah. where they're just, like, they can't, like, get over. Why are they singing? Yeah. 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 And like I do I feel like having it be like they are doing a performance in Kayfabe, that's the only word I can think of, mm-hmm. um, is is like a way to help that. But I do appre- I I would love to hear Caitlin, what's hmm. your opinion on the matter? Well I mean I really like that idea that you just brought up. Like the guys who love this is spinal tap, but like <laughs> will refuse to watch anything else that is even closely yes. related to musical. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, for me, I grew up on Rodgers and Hammerstein. Interesting. Right? Like, I'm from Oklahoma. Like, <laughs> they used to play Oklahoma on loop at the Tulsa airport. Like, no joke. It was just, <laughs> just the on one a television song? screen. Oh, okay. The movie. No, no, no. Okay. The, whole, the whole musical. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. My sisters and I used to fight over, like, which bride we were in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. <laughs> um, so that is, like, when I think musical, I go back to that. But, like, I am admittedly, I don't watch a lot of, like, the new musicals. So... I don't know. I don't it's like know. like is once a musical. Yeah, I mean, it certainly is going to be covered on this podcast. Wait, Caitlin, what did you whisper? I mean, I whispered, "I've never seen it." Oh, okay, that's fair. Uh... I didn't want to get kicked off the podcast. No, that's fair. So okay. I, I figured I should probably. You whisper already established your Rodgers and Hammerstein <laughs> credentials. <laughs> You've got bona fides. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite films is Purple Rain, and I think Purple Rain is under this category because it's like. Mm-hmm. Prince is a musician. It is essential that we see him perform, but he is performing in the realm of his job only. And it it never about his feelings, never like to the camera, never to another character. Uh-huh. It's only on stage, you know? Um, so it's like that type of film is like so cuspy to me. And I think Eurovision counts as that where it's like, this moves the plot forward because it, the plot hinges on the concert performances, the song competition, but the we're stuff not that getting... happens during the songs too. Yeah. Like there's a lot of like plot moments. Yeah. Important. Exactly. Yeah. But we're not getting like, you know, a traditional musical feeling songs or whatever. Yeah. I was also very open yeah. in our RRR episode about the fact that mm. um, we are looking for films that sort of take a different definition of musical than people are more used to because we have a lot of podcast episodes to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have you done Dancer in the Dark? I'll do that. Uh, no, but it was uh, it was recommended right. to us. It's I've heard so it. Start sad, get sadder. And, sad. and, uh, and I did not know it was sad. a musical until until it was recommended. Oh yeah. But talking about Iceland and Bjork. 
yeah, talking about Bjork, uh-huh. Bjork in Iceland. <laughs> Maybe we'll just That's have you do, the, do that episode as Bjork. As Bjork. Yeah. <laughs> when I am singing my little songs to the fairies. <laughs> Sold. I do, now, I do, I do want to talk about Rachel McAdams. I think Rachel McAdams I love is so her. charming in this movie. And she's agree. amazing in this movie between this movie and mean girls uh-huh. i mean she's a comedic actress she is very good at comedy and i don't think that people give that credit where it's due yeah because like whenever a girl was like an it girl you know like emma stone similarly it's like we just go oh pretty girl and like tap her on the head mm-hmm. and then 20 years later go oh my god look at all the comedy movies she did what a genius I'm like no give her her flowers yeah. now but yeah. i mean now is 20 years after she started but still she was great she's great <laughs> i well so i uh i had just read right before we watched this movie read and then watched the movie the time traveler's wife um oh. which is a pretty good book and a pretty bad movie um, yeah pretty bad but so for that reason i i like I, it's early rachel mcadams and you can sort of see where she's like trying to give the script anything because she has so much charm (laughs) and she has so much charisma and you can see her charisma trying to get out of the script but it just it doesn't you see it a couple times but it's like not there for the whole movie this is a movie just weighted down by bad script yes but in eurovision she just gets to be funny and charming the whole time she has a bit of a manic pixie dream girl but it's like yeah. a forty-year-old manic pixie but like, dream girl, and now she's and like it's like a that. manic elf dream girl too, like which they is do Iceland, enough. right? They do a lot of like putting her in the context of like she, all of her costumes are great, all of her little like affectations. Mm-hmm. She, I kind of yeah. missed that because she's in all these great costumes at the beginning, and then she goes all glam for the performances, and you you don't really see her in any like dumb sweaters for the second half of the movie, I which know. is what I miss. I'm really sad about that. It's like yeah. too. It's like how they um like in Act Three when um Will Ferrell gets all like swept up in it, like that's like the way that like she gets swept up in the fame. Mm-hmm. Although I do, she's got this great um for the party dress. She's got this great like big sequin party dress oh, yeah. is which is excellent. still very much like her character right like it's rainbow right. mm-hmm. it is the sequins mm-hmm. are enormous like it's still very childlike yeah. i don't think anyone like... would call it sexy that dress no <laughs> no pretty hot yeah big sequins <laughs> and oh, like the idea of her sexy. like surrounded yeah. by those like be penis statues while wearing this like uh-huh. five-year-old's party dress uh-huh. it's just <laughs> it's a great moment uh-huh. Um, and, uh, so, go ahead. so I I have like a little bit of plot here, but like we don't really need to talk about the like the plot of this movie is Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams like get to go to Eurovision and then yes. it's Eurovision, yeah, right, yeah, kind of, yes, that's kind of uh, right, right, and but I do really want to talk about all of the songs that oh, are in yes, this movie. They're so good. They're so good. So we start, well, we start with Waterloo. Like, we start, and it's 1974, and, like, these little babies are watching Eurovision, like, with their family in a cabin of ice in Iceland. Um, And, like, you see how it's just, like, they are lit up when there's a performance. And it's, like, the one thing that they, that, like, connects with them when they're sort of surrounded by all these people who are different than they are well and like um, Will Ferrell's mom just died and secret poor little secret doesn't even speak mm-hmm. and then she starts to sing mm-hmm. along with Abba it's like it's a very magical little thing mm-hmm. yeah um and that's sort of like where it starts and then we get the smash cut to 
present day. Um, they are both, uh, they're now adults. It's Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams. And they're like in this like mod alien spacey looking silver stuff on a beach singing their song Volcano Man. And it, and like, it's a, I guess in the movie, like, it's not even clear that, like, they have made this. This is, like, the music video that they are imagining mm-hmm. for themselves. Right. It's while almost actually a they're performing sequence. in a basement. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's great. And it's a great song. And I, if this song was performed on the Eurovision stage, <laughs> I would mm-hmm. rate it highly. But also the yeah, video is sure. weird. And the way that they get, like, closer uh-huh. and further away to each other, like, with the jump cuts is, is very fun. Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. Also, there's so there's a running joke in this movie of, like, they are in love, and like they may or may not both be Pierce Brosnan's uh, yeah. child, and to the point where his last name is Eric Song and her last name is Eric's daughter, which is the, which is know, Icelandic. the Icelandic naming conventions for Eric's son mm-hmm. and Eric's daughter. So then, shortly after that, they we like follow them to their gig, um, like a Friday night bar band where. They want to play their Eurovision songs or like the the songs that come from their souls, but everyone else just wants Yaya Ding Dong. To be fair, I is... also want Yaya Ding Dong all yes. the time. Correct. All the time. I thought like, I would. Friend, after I watched it, I was walking around the house singing Yaya Ding Dong. Like none of the other songs, just Yaya Ding Dong. <laughs> and like, I don't sing very well. So <laughs> it was not improved by me singing it. I like on an impulse after I saw this movie and. Uh, I saw we, me and Steph watched this movie actually like almost a year later than everyone else. We watched it in 2021, and I and I like added the whole soundtrack to my Spotify, and I skip almost all of it when it comes up, um, including Yeah Yeah Ding Dong. But the song that I always, and I guess we're gonna get to it in a little bit here, but the song that I always listen to is Lion Lover, uh, oh. by the Dan mm-hmm. Stevens character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's another very, like he's, classic. Yeah. He's giving Yamame, Yamame baby. Yes. Yamame yes. baby. He is. But like with a almost an opera voice, and uh, oh, which is very classic Eurovision too. Oh yeah, like, very classic. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, too, just, unfortunately, like, to hell. not Dan Stevens's real voice. Yeah, no. Unfortunately, unfortunately, you can check out Beauty and the Beast for that. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I still have not seen that movie, but my guess is they did, and that's not why it's not his real voice. That's just a guess. It's based on nothing. So we get to see the Icelandic jury, like this like group of people. They're sort of like a they're sort of like a Greek chorus. Like they sort of just kind of like narrate important plot things and then also it turns out that one of them was the villain the whole time. But yeah. like Well and they explain really... what Eurovision is to an American audience. Too. Uh-huh. Right. Like they make the rules right. explicitly clear. It is great. Yes. <laughs> if you're familiar with any Icelandic comedy character actors, they are on this jury. <laughs> and we know many of you are familiar many yeah. of the listeners are all of your favorites well yeah. so the one guy who i really like who's like the head of the jury is olafur olafson who is uh in lady dynamite as marie bamford's husband yeah and he uh he dies early in the movie the meg uh which is a movie i really like wow that's one of brock's favorite as well he loves the yeah. he loves the I meg love brooks Brock. The oh really? Oh, interesting. He's a yeah. Meg purist. Wow. He is. He really is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so through this jury, we get to see a lot of the um, the Icelandic entries, including uh, Demi Lovato's first appearance as like the fave Katiana 
um, and her song In the Mirror, which is one of these, like, mm. uh, lady pop singer ballad, just, like, classic Demi Lovato is giving it her all. Um, and then I think at some point here we also see Double Trouble, which is um, Lars and Secret's entry, and is great. That's a damn bop, too. Yeah. Like, it's not, I see why it is the song that they go with. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, Steph, are you just it- going to, like, gloss over the Viking? Who sounds like Ariana Grande? <laughs> no, please, will you tell us about the Viking? Who sounds okay, like so Ariana apparently Grande. this was the fastest cast part of the whole movie. They saw this guy do a self tape, no and they're like, "He is it." Yeah, forty seconds later, like, "Yes, perfect." So it's That's this like so you know great. big burly Viking dude, which is again a Eurovision trope, like the big um, guy dressed up in furs <laughs> and like you know probably has a big weapon stash somewhere because he's so strong so strong yeah. and then he opens his mouth and i swear to god he sounds like ariana grande just like a little <laughs> yeah, like falsetto like, like Voice i don't even angel. remember what he sounds uh, like what he's singing about but it is it is beautiful <laughs> um yeah and then so importantly they do not win the song contest devin lovato wins the icelandic song contest but everyone all of the other competitors um are on a boat on a boat party after the competition and that boat gets blown up and we get this moment that i do really love that i feel like is the is kind of like an emotional center of this movie where so well rachel mcadams is she prays to elves as i want to set that up she prays to elves for for her well-being and she gives the elves food and and drink and yeah it's like an icelandic tradition the hildefolk hildefolk yeah um right and so like we spoiler alert later on we'll find out that indeed the elves are looking out for her and Mm -hmm. they do kill the dude who tries to kill will will ferrell um but there's like there's like stuff that it's the this guy is some finance minister and he is worried that if iceland does too well they'll win and then they'll have to host the next year's song contest because that's how that goes yeah. and they that will bankrupt them and apparently. then he will go to jail again and oh i because I that part okay famously iceland during the financial crisis back in the day jailed all of the people responsible uh, uh yeah and wow. then their economy recovered much faster than everybody else's in like 2007. So maybe maybe we should jail. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so this dude's just like, I'm not going back to jail. I will not allow Eurovision to bankrupt this country. I have to blow it's- up a boat. Which is funny because wow. there there is precedent for this in real life, and what they did is just like hosted it in a different country instead. Yes. Right, that's yes. happening this year too. Yeah, yeah. Ukraine is not yeah. hosting the Ukraine one last year. They're not hosting it. In the UK. Okay, importantly though, it's Ukraine. Ukraine. <laughs> Ukraine straight up did say no. We will host Eurovision. We want the world to see what Russia has done to us. Yeah, and then the yeah. rest of the world was like, "That's okay. That's so Thank nice. You. That's so nice of Thank you, but." That's actually that's a good luck, so you. But I ah, you know. Do you know what like country also sounds like Ukraine is the UK. Oh. We'll just host it there. So Ukraine. Yeah. perfect. That's conspiracy. Well, but I don't know conspiracy if you know this. Thinking. It's it's just UK. Oh <laughs> damn it! Did I offend an entire island nation? It's, it's not the UK. Multiple um, islands. Multiple. Oh, the United yeah. Kingdom. They're all together. Damn it! Damn it! Oh. Yeah. Also, we yeah. should mention that um, Rachel McAdams' voice is, uh, she, it's not her singing voice, but it's its mostly this woman who's known as My Marianne, who mm-hmm. comes from the um, 
Eurovision like junior song contest, mm-hmm. the young Eurovision and they, song contest. I was reading too that like they did like sh- Rachel McAdams sings a lot of stuff, and then my Marianne comes in and sings, and they sort of like blend it, and they do a great job. Like when I was watching this movie for the first time, I really was like, God damn it, like is that really her? It really right. looks like it's her. She can sing like that, huh? Shit. Okay, so uh, so that boat blows up. And um, everyone's dead. And there's this great moment when, like, they are realizing that they have just watched 20 people die. Like, Demi Lovato's arm gets blown up and, like, lands next to them. And they're, they're, like, crying for this tragedy, but also realizing that it means that their dream can come true. And so they're, like, also celebrating. And it's just this great, like smash emotions together and like see what happens it's wonderful well Rachel McAdams says maybe my favorite line in the movie right after the boat blows up which is the elves went too far (laughs) (laughs) classic see she's Um, great she's great I have to I have to open this cabinet because my cat's freaking out (laughs) okay (laughs) my cat's high right now I give him a bunch of catnip before we started he's just laying on the couch he just kept he just kept clawing at it and then looking over here and I could mm-hmm. see him over my shoulder kept like clawing behind me and then looking like, <laughs> like are you you're in the room this? you hear me he looks so happy now yeah yeah so now he's gonna just like <laughs> oh, sleep really on some pants <laughs> yeah he likes to sleep on some pants and stuff anyway it's important Same. yeah um so we go to Eurovision which is being held in Edinburgh um and we like meet all the other contestants um there's this great sequence where they use um a portuguese song amar pelos dois um as like a sort of score to sort of like show us around all the beauty of edinburgh and like show us lars and secret getting to travel together and experience things and then it kind of resolves into a performance by salvador sobral who is the the guy who performed that song and won eurovision 2017 with it um and it's just a really nice it's like the first time that they kind of integrate real eurovision people into the movie and then the rest of this like act three is like meeting all of the other people. So this is where we first see uh, Dan Stevens' character, Alexander Lemtov, who is the Russian, who is not gay because the Russian government told him so. Um, And his song, Lion of Love, which is... Who who wants to give me, like, a a one-sentence description of Lion of Love? I mean, it's like a lion tamer's idea of sex. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. That's what it is. Yeah. There's like, There's like a lot of whipping. involving a bullwhip, uh-huh. yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and a lot of a lot men fire. just like, a lot of oh, I'm hands. gonna like put my little leg on your little very butt tight while you, like, pants, walk yes. around, uh-huh. yeah, tight pants, yeah. oiled up men, <laughs> which is an important Eurovision category too. Like, I mean, it really, yeah, mm-hmm. it's really shirtless well. dancers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, other songs we get here are "Running with the Wolves," which is like the death metal kind of representation there's always one of those too yeah and like sometimes they're great yeah exactly probably from finland um there's coolin with the homies which is a little (laughs) like this again this is one of my favorite things to see in eurovision is there's always someone doing rap from 15 years ago and it's it's so weird and uncomfortable as americans but you know go off he's doing Uh, like lines about kim k and his raps and stuff and like 
Yeah, because he knows what's what's on the pulse. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a song called "Hit My Itch," which is the the boy ballad. Okay. Um, there's uh, this is also I think we actually get it later, but the Greek uh woman, her name is Nita, and she kind of is the like um foil to the Dan Stevens character. Um, her song is called "Come and Play," and that is the one that I'm just like, oh, this is legit. Like, I want this shit in my in my face. <laughs> just, just a a bop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then importantly, this act three is also where we get what they call a song along, uh, which is okay. a great word that I don't think existed before. Well, no, but it's I don't like, think it's real. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a mashup and it's like two songs that are really from Eurovision and three songs that are spiritually from mm-hmm. Eurovision. Right. So it's right. Like a, it's, it's believe ray of light and I got a feeling. And then also Waterloo and Ne Partez Pas Sans Moi, which is the song that Celine Dion uh, won on behalf of Switzerland. Um, but it is just like, this is, I, this must come like right around the halfway point of the movie. And it is, um, I feel like this is like what they would like pitch. They would mm. use to like get their funding. They'd be like, see, look at this great mashup we have. Well, and it's, it's got fun. what, like 10 or 12 different Eurovision contestants actually singing along, including Laureen, who is competing again this year. She might win Ooh. again. Mm-hmm. Wow. And Conchita Verst is there. Conchita Verst is there. Yeah, for uh, Michigan. Unfortunately, no Verkut Serduchka, but that's no. okay. Mm-hmm. Really, really a missed opportunity. Um, and this, no, the song, the word song along didn't exist before because they called this a riff off before and it was, uh, in <laughs> the, the Pitch Perfect <laughs> films. Pitch Perfect. Oh, yeah. you're yeah. right. You're right. Uh, which not, not for nothing, but, uh, the Pitch Perfect riff off is better than the Eurovision song along. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> I'm on the Bold. record and I'll, I'll wow. happy to discuss that more on our Pitch Perfect episode. <laughs> wow. One, two or three. I don't care. <laughs> Um, so yeah so that's sort of like the middle and then we get into acts four and five act four is kind of the semi-final um so we finally see a performance Lars and Sigrid have are at like peak tension because Lars is like trying to change stuff because they're famous now and Sigrid like wants to you know stay true to who they are um and we get to see the semi-final performances including uh Fire Saga's tragedy, which is that Sigrid's there. They have a great performance. Like truly, they like nail it for a even while. Even Graham Norton's and coming around on them. Even Graham Norton is on board. See? And and then Sigrid's scarf gets caught in Lars's giant hamster wheel. Yeah. Um, and the wheel takes it and drags her off stage. And there's like you know a little explosion, and everyone is in shock. And I. Okay, so what happens is they get up, they, like, realize that they can still finish the song, and, and like, that's amazing. You've just had this tragedy, and you're still going to get up and finish singing your song. And then it ends, and the lights go out, and the audience just kind of stays there and doesn't do anything. And so then they run away in shame and are not there when they see the audience, like, start to clap for them Love for having it. finished the song. I don't yeah. buy this moment. Yeah, you like, guys know how... how audiences always wait 30 seconds before giving something applause. Yeah. <laughs> I I get that like it has to happen to drive the plot, but like mm-hmm. it's like the one thing in this movie that's too far. 
the most generous interpretation being like, oh, they're just stunned into silence by this miraculous like comeback mm-hmm. from right. a band that nobody. But like, no, it does it does not play well at all. It mm. just is weird. So Will Ferrell splits Spock back to Iceland. Yeah, yeah, Lars runs away home, and he doesn't see the clapping and he doesn't see um secret is like no i'm gonna stay here like we did this i'm gonna own it like i am an artist (laughs) yes she does some great heart from performer rachel mcadams um and so she's backstage um and and lemtoff like comes to you know comfort her like your best gay um and then they make it they get their number 10 like slowly the juries start giving them like their eight points and it like builds up and then the audience come vote comes in and they make it into the final but lars doesn't see it because he has run away in shame to his father's fishing boat yeah his father pierce brosnan who is only 13 years older than he is Uh (laughs) uh-huh i when we did finally watch this movie the first moment I, w- I was, like, skeptical because it had gotten all this hype from when it was released. And, like, I think re- I think the reason that we hadn't watched it was just, like, there was, eh, there was time. There's just, you know, it just didn't happen. Um, yeah. but so like, it- like my, my memory is that all of our friends watched it at the same time on Zoom together and that I was busy. But it was the pandemic. What could I have been busy with? Like, maybe I had a I Zoom show. I don't know. Show. It was truly, yeah. like, summer 2020. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We weren't doing anything. Um. Uh, but when we do watch it in this this first opening scene in the prologue when they're going into this cabin, I was like, I don't know, what the fuck? And then the camera shows you that Pierce Brosnan is there and he is Will Ferrell's dad. And I was just like, oh, never mind. I'm on board. It's real. Like, they got <laughs> real people here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I had a question. Was anyone else waiting for a cameo from ABBA for this entire movie? Sure. Yeah. yeah, why not? They like, they play it so strong at the beginning, like then they like show the ABBA poster even when they're grown up, and I was like, so then there's like several moments where I'm like, oh, he needs a ride to the Eurovision. ABBA's gonna pick him up, or like, oh, he's alone in the stadium. ABBA's gonna be there. Like, oh, it's the song along, and all these legends are gonna be there. ABBA would be there. You thought and- ABBA was gonna give them a ride from the airport? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, ABBA's tired. Sure. Like ABBA performs yeah. on hologram now, right? Like they're like, no, they released an album. After this, like 2021, I think. And again, their tour was all like them in their living rooms, like being projected out for one night only. Uh, And they're like, yeah, no, we'll perform worldwide from our living room, you assholes. We're old. (laughs) (laughs) Our collective living room where we live together, like the Golden Girls house. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) What a dream. I don't think Uh, they're uh, they're, they're, they They did release an album in 2000. Sorry, in 2021. It was Uh, great. It's a great um, album. Would recommend. There's, I have. There's a song that I have from it that I really. I think it's called "I Still Have Faith in You." That that is really great. I recommend it. There's a, so Lars is out and he's on Pierce Brosnan's fishing boat, which is, um, you know, like what they do in Iceland. Um, <laughs> and they real they like he and his dad. They work out their shit and they hug. And then finally, someone's like, wait, what? I don't know what you guys are talking about. Iceland made it. Like you, you won. Like you, you got through to the final. And the dad said, and and Lars is like, oh, great. Then take me back to shore. I have to go back to Edinburgh. And the dad's like, no, we can't waste a day of fishing. <laughs> <laughs> after, all, ruthless. after all that. 
he well, finally understands. Because Pierce Brosnan is about to lose his house because he is poor. I mean, yeah, okay. Oh, okay. It's fair, okay, and they really can't it. lose a day of fishing. But yeah. man, there's so many so fucking subplots happening in this movie Actually, that, that like, drive yeah. all the like character. That's why motivations. it's so long. Yeah, absolutely. True. It makes no sense. Uh, but then Lars swims back through the freezing water. Good. And doesn't die. He makes it. And then we get the moment where we see that Elzuriel, because it's not. Abba, who picks him up in the car, it is the evil jury dude who just happens to be there. Elves um, are real. Elves are real. Uh, the jury dude likes tried to take his moment to um, strangle Lars with his, you know, um, pocket uh, wire. <laughs> he like pulls a it garot. out of his sleeve. A garot, yeah. 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 His pocket garot. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, he has a keychain garot. Yeah. You guys uh, don't? And, and the elves throw a knife in his back. A tiny real. little knife. It's so cute. It's such a cute little knife. It's so cute. And like we see the little door on their house shut. It's really, it's I'm, great. Yeah. I'm, it. I'm sad that Rachel McAdams never gets to see the elves and that Will Ferrell, who never believed in them for the whole movie, does. Not to mention, yeah. this dude played an elf in a movie called Elf. That's true. <laughs> He's got connections, actually. Yeah. yeah. He should know that. Uh, so uh, he ends up having to hitch a ride with these like American tourists to oh, the stadium. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, and there's a great running joke about um, he's like Americans don't come to Iceland, ha ha ha. I'm serious, uh-huh, we I hate, hate you. you. <laughs> Which feels real. Well, they they don't want. Yeah, that's yeah. true. They're done with um, us. So he gets there just in time. There. He pulls an Elvis Costello where he goes out and he says, "I'm sorry, there's no reason for us to do this song." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then so like he runs onto stage and you think it's kind of gonna be like, oh no, he's gonna make it just in time, and instead he's like, nah. We're not, we're not doing this song. We're going to sing Secret Song. And I really like this as a way to, like, give us an emotional climax and give, like, the audience this moment to, like, Secret gets to sing her song. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's Husevic. It's nominated for an Oscar. She hits her Spjordnot? Spjordnot. Spjordnot, which is the note that can only be sung when you are being your truest self. Um, and like everyone is in awe and they, they like win everyone's heart and kiss on stage, but Aww. they are disqualified because it's a different song than what they entered the song contest with. And so I love this as like, we don't have, they don't have to win the song contest. That's yeah, they not don't have what to it's lose. about. And they don't have to True. lose. They, they just get to anything. like, yeah, yeah, they get to like have this moment and win our hearts and like, they get to wrap up the movie. Yeah. And I love that choice. I also that, love. contention for next year. In the year of, like, we don't do live orchestration anymore, that it is somehow magically, beautifully orchestrated. Uh Uh-huh. And just, like, like, you know, Will Ferrell's playing the piano, and then, like, you get, like, lush strings and, like, a whole full bat. And it's, like... (laughs) For her song that's never been done before. Right. Right. That has never been recorded. Yeah. Yeah. No one's ever heard. (laughs) Um, And then... So, like, they get... Maybe it's it's the elves. I like that, actually. I'm going to choose to accept that. <laughs> um, and then, so, uh, Lemtoff and Mika, the Greek woman, have a little beautiful closure moment where she invites him to join her in Greece so he can be her, her best gay and not have to hide yes. and be, be himself. Um, and then Lars and Sigrid return to Husevik with Sigur Rós playing in the background and the town is all there cheering for them and I, bald, straight up little girl made me cry. It was... Just beautiful. I admit that I, I cried during the Husevik performance when she starts singing in Iceland 
and everyone in the bar is so touched that she's because they've never they always sing in English and in Eurovision Iceland does pretty much and they never heard someone sing in Icelandic and then she says the name of the town she says Husavik and they all just lose their shit Aww. and it's it's very heartwarming it's great it is it really is Iceland has still never won Eurovision so I mean if <gasps> if in the world of the movie they had actually done that performance there yeah I would if I were Icelandic I would have lost my mind in that they sang too. in Icelandic last year so maybe maybe it's coming soon it's coming I don't know what they're doing this year we'll find out justice for daddy Fred. daddy Fred. <laughs> Um, and then the last little thing we see is that we get an epilogue where Lars's dad marries Sigurd's mom so they really are brother and sister now um and they're performing and they try to perform their their eurovision song but everyone at the pub wedding just wants yaya ding dong now two things one you should mention that they have a baby Oh, they yeah. do, importantly. And that Will Ferrell is wearing the baby, and the baby has soundproof headphones baby on Bjorn, I don't yeah. know if that's enough. That's going to be a deaf baby. Um, yeah. But also, I did read that the Yaya Ding Dong guy was not available for the last scene, and so when he requests Yaya Ding Dong, it's just, a, it's just the same shot from earlier, but they digitally recolored his sweater. Yep. <laughs> that's it's awesome. so good. He's wearing that's a red so sweater, good. I think, in the last one. is like, no, that is the, exactly the same. Yeah. He's just yelling the same. You can see the same like vein in his neck bulge. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, with Andy when he was learning this earlier, and I think his comment originally was, "What was that guy doing? That guy is not like he's an Icelandic yeah. character. What actor. is he doing that he's not available? He's doing yeah. other characters. He's got a show and other so. projects. Too busy I to work with really Will Ferrell. He was probably like for him. yarning a sweater, knitting one, <laughs> yarning one, whatever. Yarning. Yeah, it's know. called yarning. Yarning. An Icelandic, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels like something they would all do, you know? Um, also, something I really like is that the closing credits of this movie, they have the flag of every uh, country mm-hmm. that each person's from. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Because Will Ferrell's kind of the only, maybe the only American in this movie. Oh, Yeah. There Rachel McAdams is Canadian, and Pier- well, Pier- the Americans Pierce are American. Yeah, Pierce, Pierce Brosnan, Brosnan is is uh, he's Irish, he's but Irish. he has he has American. Oh, he got both though. So he uh, gets two yeah. flags. flags. Yeah, he gets two flags. Um, awesome. Well, is there anything else you guys want to say about this movie before we move on to our sort of uh, final segments here? It really did just like make me so happy in the middle of the pandemic, right? Like everything yeah. is so bleak and so terrible, and that just felt like such a wonderful little gift. And then, like, side note, too, like, the first scene where it cuts and it says uh, the date of Eurovision, right? April 6th, 1974 is my birthday. Like, not 74, but, like, oh. April 6th. Uh-huh. And, like, Aww. when I saw that in the middle of the pandemic, I was like, they just gave me a birthday present. I didn't really have a birthday this year. And I just, like, cried. Because, <laughs> you know, emotions were heightened. But it was yeah. just, it's, it's lovely. And, like, I've seen this movie too many times at this point. But it makes me happy every time. Like, and yeah. singing along to all of the dumb fake Eurovision songs is just a mm-hmm. joyous thing. And I would recommend this to people who don't even care about Eurovision or have never seen yeah. it before. Yeah. Love I love that the emotional heart of this movie is stay true to yourself, even when yourself is a little weirdo and is misunderstood yeah. by everyone around you. And, like, I feel like that is what the heart of Eurovision is. It's just they really, mm-hmm. they really got the themes right. And it is so lovely. This movie is so steeped in that summer 2020 for me that I actually don't know that I would revisit it. I didn't Mm. for this, to be fair, just because like I just listened to the songs again. Um, 
yeah I don't know like there's just some projects in that time period that I'm just like that belongs there in that capsule <laughs> but the Contained, Eurovision like yeah exactly and I know so many people that love this movie that have never seen Eurovision before and uh so I think that's kind of a heartwarming thing and if it if it made people become fans of Eurovision that's really sweet right uh, and yeah. we, we haven't mentioned this once, but let's go ahead and mention it now that Eurovision this year is uh, like a week and a half after this comes out. It's, uh, it's amazing. Saturday, I'm going to call it May uh, 13th. 13th. Yeah. You got that awesome. right. Awesome. Um, and uh, and so uh, do check that out. It's on Peacock. We don't know if Johnny Weir will be hosting again, but we're not we're not sponsored by them. But even um, if he I, does, you know, I, I just I always try to look up. Someone always makes some compilation on YouTube of Graham Norton's cheekiest oh, nice. little sling so i try to find that um normally at this point we talk about what it would be like to to remake this movie i don't know if i mean it doesn't it, need it right now it doesn't yeah. need it it's, too, it's soon. too soon so why don't we just jump right into our final segment here um which is that when you know if we were going to remake this movie or let me say this i have an idea for um because i think what this movie is missing is is one more subplot and um <laughs> And oh my so, god <laughs> i had an idea for a subplot that i would add into this movie and of course this would be all in service of getting that best original song oscar that husevic was nominated for um and so when they remake this movie they're going to put in the subplot about um that america is now allowed in the eurovision song contest which oh i think is god. happening in real life right no, no no we can vote this year but we are not contestants okay. all right and america we, we don't have vote? like a jury right okay okay have, important like can... subplot yes so <laughs> everybody who is in a non-eurovision participating country can vote this year in a public vote they are lumping us all together into one country okay. uh, <laughs> everyone and else. our votes will just and be added Cyprus. to the public vote Okay. love that wow um, and so you can vote uh via text message which i plan on doing this year i'm very excited oh yeah wow so, so the uh, the idea i have is that they the for the for the plot of maybe eurovision 2 or i don't know what it'll be for but there's that america is allowed in and but the problem is no one in america knows about eurovision or cares about eurovision so no one shows up to audition except nope. for uh one a uh, guy who is european and sees that no one has showed up and he decides he's gonna go in and be the american um, c- contestant, okay. right? And so he doesn't want anyone to know that he's not American, and so he tries his hardest to just pretend to be American. And that's basically the plot um, of this song. is uh, It's about a, a European person pretending to be American. Uh, this song is called Love in America, and it is my proposed new song for Eurovision Song <laughs> Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. Here it is on Musical the Movie, the podcast. on those New York nights I drive my Ford truck down to the Times Square and I look at the Hollywood side Ooh girl it's only on those New York nights that I know you are the one for me you are the Richard Belzer to my iced tea We both wear blue jeans, but of varying tightness. Oh, I am in love in America. 
We split the big popcorn when we go to cinema. Oh, I am in love in America. I set up Kickstarter when you need some health care. Oh, I am in love in America. I'll always protect you because I have a gun. Girl, I want to take you everywhere in my car. Never walk a never public transit car. <laughs> Just my car all the time. Even if it's at the end of the block. Oh, I am in love in America. I will never say to you bye, Felicia. Oh, I am in love in America. Cracker barrel after church gives us life, life, life. We understand why Wes Anderson is funny. Oh, I am in love in America. Let's Hulu and Hump, you'll be my trophy wife, 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 wife. All right, there it is. <laughs> love in America. <laughs> wow. What really captured what it's like to be in love in America. Thank you. Uh, Stephanie, you had what I can only describe as a frown on your face for that. that yeah, because of the cowboy twang immediately. It was immediately a cowboy twang. So I will say that the first time I recorded this, I was trying to do this sort of Eastern European accent. And then I listened back to it and I was like, mm, no, I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it. And I don't know if I'm technically allowed to do that. So I decided to make it just like a pretty good Southern accent. Yeah, it is definitely driving trucks, trailers, splitting the big popcorn at the cinema. At the cinema. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the way the way that we all say that. Yeah. Cracker Barrel after church. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we all do it. Well, that song, uh, just like all the songs that we write here on Musical the Movie the Podcast, are available one place, and that's our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbfun, uh, which is the Patreon for not just this podcast, but, but uh, Fanny Falls Demon Hunter, which Stephanie is True. my co-host on. Uh, as well as 30 characters, which I do with uh, Joe Fernandez and Matt Riggs. And uh, so you can check that out. And we have different levels. You can support us for as little as like $2 a month. And we really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, and with that all out of the way, uh, Stephanie, is there anything that you'd like to plug coming up? No, I don't, I, don't, I don't have anything that the listeners could indulge in at the moment. All right. You know, you're you're down like, there well, in, in film school. I'm in Savannah. Well, I'm writing for this sitcom right now called um, Tours and Attractions oh. that you you can watch on Delta Airlines. <laughs> oh, yeah? That's that's true. That's yeah, real? Oh, my God. I can't wait. Yeah, it's a multicam uh, that you can watch on Delta Airlines. And so it's like, is Delta making a move to be like um, producing content? I do believe, <laughs> yes. Wow. Um, that they are, well... I think they have a deal with SCAD people okay, or something. I don't, yeah. So I think if you're on Delta, there there's like a couple of like things from the president of SCAD on there and things like that. And so Interesting. There's, this could be, there's some projects. This is the most exclusive the streaming service yeah. uh, in the world. Yeah. And soon 10,000 feet. I know. And like, and if you honestly pitched some new projects this last week and I find out what gets greenlit soon. Oh. So I just, I mean, there's stuff I'm going to work on, but nothing I can really plug, plug, you know? Right, right, right. You know? Well, uh, you're, you're one of, uh, this nation's great, uh, uh writers, Big things in the works. Entertainers. You always have stuff in the bubbler, uh, Books, booked and blast. <laughs> uh, so follow stuff on, uh, whatever social media she's still on. 
and yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I tried I know, to revive my Twitter for a second, and then I was like, this is really boring, actually. Yeah. So I, I just deleted not. it to make space for GarageBand to write that song, and now I'm like, do I need to put it back on? No. <laughs> no. No. Uh, Caitlin, yeah. what about you? Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, if you live in Austin, Texas, you are welcome to join me for my Eurovision party on wow. May 13th. But, uh, I'm so you- legitimately jealous of anyone <laughs> who gets to be there. It's going to be great. I have flags. Uh, you can like choose a country you want to uh, represent, kind of like Model UN style, and we always do a big vote, so excited about that. And I will also be actually voting in Eurovision this year. Um, wow. I'm oh, sure they're going to yes. charge me for like you know, <laughs> oh, international yeah. texting, but that's fine. Uh, great to have you on the show, Caitlin. We, uh, long-time listeners will um, know you as uh, we talked about watching RRR with you on our RRR episode. <laughs> oh, God. <did laughs> and, you're, and you're asking at the beginning, is this a pro cop movie? <laughs> it kind of seems like and it we're, was. We're it like, does start watching, that way. It watching. takes a while. It's like, uh, if you guys are making me watch a three-hour pro cop movie <laughs> on vacation in Palm Springs, like, I don't know who you are anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Steph, what about you? Um, I would like to plug getting dressed up for no reason. That's Put awesome. on some weird clothes, do some makeup just because it feels nice to play um, and to uh, make yourself feel pretty for whatever definition of pretty you want to. It's right. great. Recommend. Well, you Steph stole my plug. Um, oh, so damn. I was going to plug looking pretty. <laughs> so instead, I'll just plug uh, that this weekend in Louisville, Kentucky, and Chicago, Illinois, is the roast of J.K. Rowling. Uh, I'll be on all of that as Harry Potter. And Friday and Saturday at Planet of the Tapes in Louisville, and Sunday at the Laugh Factory Chicago, as well as uh, I'll be headlining Planet of the Tapes the weekend of May 19th, May 19th and 20th. So fun. I'll be uh, headlining that. My buddy Kent Carney, friend of the show, is hosting those all weekend. So if you're in Louisville, uh, come out and check those out. And uh, I'm sure there's uh, other stuff, but um, just follow me on, let's do Instagram, because uh, mm-hmm. I didn't delete that. So, I didn't uh, delete that either. Yeah, I'm so at go. Steph underscore Louise, so I'll jump in before Andy says anything. <laughs> <laughs> Steph Eloise because she loves and I'm not that plaza. funny on it uh, mm-hmm. no but you always post nice pictures but I'm just, uh, ha- I'm just having yeah, a good time you're cute as hell though it's just time. for me having a good time in my life right now um, and I for my part I'm on Instagram as Andy Zaster uh, so uh, get on there and and uh, and let me just say to the listener too that uh, in two weeks we will be back with uh, an episode <gasps> uh, Steph time. check the headlines get the papes it's Newsies time. Wow. Uh, we are going to be We gotta carry the banner. 1990-whatever's Newsies. Uh, so uh, it's check time. that out before our We're going to do episode. bear rolls. Caitlin, Stephanie, thank you so much for being here. Listener, thank, thank you, you. Friends, so much. Hey, it's tell a friends about the podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, give us a, a rating on iTunes or whatever you listen to us on. We certainly appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 That was a song. <laughs> Musical the movie the podcast Musical the movie the podcast Musical the movie the podcast With Andy and Steph Fun dumb